What is happening, guys? My name is Chris. I'm Paul. The purple-handed preacher. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> me. Hashtag cult of Paul. Thank Hashtag you, guys. the cult of Paul. Look out for the t-shirt soon. But anyway, welcome back to another episode of That Tattoo Show. We are here every Sunday chatting shit as usual. Sometimes we talk about, like, sensible stuff, but generally we chat shit because, you know, we're a bunch of jokers. Because we're generally chatting about tattooing, which is rarely sensible. And because we haven't got any, like, names after... <laughs> Uh, words and letters after names. I've decided, like, I, 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 I'm going to have pronouns after mine. Fucking legend. That's my pronoun. <laughs> fucking now. legend. Just go straight there. Don't even build up to it. Nothing. Just fucking yeah. legend. There's no, there's like, there's no, like, Chris Harrison, he, him. It's Chris Harrison, fucking legend. They are my pronouns. Fucking legend. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for coming back and hanging out with us on a Sunday. Welcome back. Uh, if you're one of the many new people that's joining us, hi, welcome. Uh, mm. If you've only found us on YouTube, yeah. let's be honest, we do have the faces for radio. And talking of that, you can if you want to listen to us an aud- as an audio podcast instead. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't blame you if you did. We can barely I, speak. I, you can barely speak, mate. So, <laughs> so YouTube might be better because you can get subtitles. Have you seen the automatically generated subtitles that YouTube does for the pair of us? It, it's, it, it's no help. It's no help, mate. Don't don't worry about it. If if English is not your first language, that's not going to help you. What it thinks we're saying is not what we're saying. It's a, it's ridiculous. You know the scene. Is it Bruce Almighty? You know the scene in Bruce Almighty where he's like making Evan talk. It's kind of like, like that. <laughs> Depends if Chris is on his meds or off his meds. Really, whether it's like that. Like you know. Well, I've got I've got news. Have I told you the news? Finally. I've got a referral from my ADHD. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, and talking of the news, we should have some tattoo news. Chris, yo, bro. What's in the news, mate? Uh, in the news, there's not been a lot in the news that I've seen, but I did see something come up which did catch my eye, and it's a new product that, or a new product range that has been released by Cheyenne. Cheyenne have decided to delve into the aftercare and prep market and they've come out with a new tattoo care so they call it they're saying it's tattoo care revamped prep and care they say prep and care is a perfectly coordinated tattoo skincare range that addresses healing the skin right from the start the innovative formula can considerably shorten the healing phase by reducing the itching and scabbing and preventing inflammation and allergic reactions and accelerating wound healing interesting if i'd be interested to see how they could prevent allergic reactions um so they're saying it's 100 vegan it's made in germany it covers all stages in the tattoo process it includes new ingredients that are completely new to tattoo skin care so we're interested to see what that is um it accelerates wound healing and soothes the skin it combats oh i've lost it it combats irritation discoloration and inflammation and it regenerates the skin barrier so yeah they have chain prep is the trio for a smooth tattooing process prep sensor fluid prep lube and prep cleanser um so yeah it looks like they've got a full full range there um but they've also got something called uh k miracle oil and k tattoo anchor now you should use the word miracle very very cautiously in tattooing i think i i don't think things should uh, should be called is it, miraculous? is it miraculous? Is it like miracle butter? Who knows? But yeah, you know, it'd be cool. Like you know, they they make good products at the end of the day. So it, I think it might be one of those yeah. things where 
the team behind it have probably put a lot more effort into it and there's some other brands out there that just buy stuff from wherever they decide to get their white label creams from while i think about it so beth uh bought some of the bio tat stuff uh for she's getting tattooed um sam my apprentice is uh, my old apprentice is um he's not old he's just my old apprentice uh he's going to be tattooing her knee and they're going to be using it through the process so i will film a little bit of it and i'll let you know what she thinks of it because she's a tattooist that's going to be on the receiving end of it so she should be able to tell you if it's any good i, I tattooed myself with some clove oil stuff i think it does make a little bit of a difference i'm not sure be interesting to see if it does for those of us that are in countries where lidocaine is more heavily restricted Clothes have a numbing like property, apparently. So it would be just interesting. I was quite interested to see um, if uh, how it works, you know, because it's natural, you know. I blacked up some of my leg, and like it weren't that bad. Like normally, I would be like, ah, oh, that fucking hurts. But like I was putting that stuff on it, and yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a placebo. So I'm gonna tie with the rest of my knee myself. See what happens, and then we'll really see how we see how it fucking goes. Like where she bought it is uh, another bit of news, to be honest with you, because she bought it while she visited the um, the Birmingham Tattoo Convention that happened uh, this weekend, just gone. So by the time you're watching it, it happened last week. The UK weekend. tattoo? So, UK top tattooists? Uh, UK top tattoo artists have uh, put it on, I think with uh, a company called Vivid Inc. And I don't think I don't think Kerrang Radio are involved, but I think somebody f who used to be at Kerrang Radio is involved uh, in it. And so... Couple of uh, obviously my daughter went on Sunday. A uh, couple of my other friends went on Saturday, and um, the, the, the I've, I need to preface this with this is the first time Birmingham's had a convention since the pandemic. So the Birmingham convention they used the, to have the Ink and Iron, didn't they? Right. So the Birmingham used to have the I think I'm right in saying the longest running convention in the UK. And the pandemic came and unfortunately it came to an end. Now, I don't know if this convention is involved with that or whether there's been a changeover or whether that company's gone and these guys are, have just kind of stepped in to fill the void. Yeah. Um, it would certainly appear that it's a new team of people putting it on because um, on Saturday, the convention was fucking dead. Like there's, It's like tumbleweed. Now, in all fairness, right, the convention in Birmingham that has that has run for years has has traditionally been a one day event that ran on a ah. Sunday. So Midlanders uh, might, you know, or people in the area might have just got used to going to the Birmingham convention on a Sunday. You know, like a lot of the time, conventions are generally busier on Saturdays than they are on Sundays, but this convention was the other way around. So. Uh, a couple of my friends went on Saturday and were just like, don't brother, it's absolutely dead. Like, there's nobody there. Like, literally tumbleweed, right? Um, but Beth went on Sunday. And I've, I've got to be honest, this is a, you know, this is a convention in my hometown. So the the original Birmingham convention, when it was called Ink and Iron, it started in the Hummingbird in Dale End. Then it moved to the Tower Ballroom. Uh, fun fact for you, this is where the second season of the TV show Boone was filmed, in case you've ever seen that. None of you are, are old enough to remember that show. Uh, and then in its final iteration, it moved to the new Bingley Hall, which is uh, just in just near the Hans, sort of Hockley, Hansworth area of Birmingham, where I was born, incidentally. Um, and uh, 
and I think th the idea behind this one was to move it to the NEC. So the NEC is a bit like XL or, you know, any big convention centre. I think Birmingham uh, deserves uh, a good-sized convention. Second, you know, uh, England's second city. It's not the second biggest city. I think Manchester's the second biggest city. But, you know, Birmingham's considered England's second city. So I think it's really good. I was a bit disappointed to hear that it was, you know, absolutely fucking dead on Saturday. Um and I, I did think at the time that maybe it was because they'd, you know, the the kind of artist list, because about 350 artists or so work in it, but it was all kind of like artists with really big Instagram followings. And, I you know, we've talked about this on the show, that sometimes those big Instagram followings, they don't actually translate into bums on seats in the real world. So, yeah, you know and I mean? some of the big Instagram followings, right? Oh, sorry, guys, but aren't even fucking real following. Well, I mean, there's a bit of that as well, but... Um, that, you know, all of those kind of things go out the window when, you know, both my kids went and took a walk around because both my kids tattoo, my, my son Gage and my daughter Beth, uh, they both went and took a walk around and their feedback to me from the Sunday was it was really respectably busy. All the artists there were really good. There was a very, very big Vivid Ink presence. They had like a whole row. Now, I'm not a big fan of those kind of chain store tattoo um, companies, if I'm honest. Um, and maybe... You know, that kind of is what gives people the impression that it's all sort of like Instagram and nothing else. And it, it, all made for no trousers, as, as my grandmother would have, would yeah. have said. But um, certainly, you know, what Gage and Beth had to say when they came back was it was all right for the first year. It was a bit low rent in certain areas, like instead of having, you know, like the fuel girls and stuff like that, they had some like weird, you know, the, like somebody, the, the petrol ladies. It was a bit like that, mate. Yeah. It was just like some, <laughs> somebody just sort of chucking a stick about on a stage, you know, and like putting it on fire and stuff. Wasn't really as, um, it wasn't as good as that, you know, uh, as, as what you'd expect somebody like the fuel girls to do. Uh. Apparently the musical entertainment wasn't, wasn't all that, you know, but you know, it, it is what it is. Probably shouldn't say this as a tattooist, right? But um, do, <sighs> tattoo conventions are generally fucking boring as fucking shit. Nice when you get a good convention, that's fun. But just generally, tattoo conventions are fucking boring. And if you haven't got good entertainment there to, you know, to draw the crowd, no one's going to go. So maybe like a, a, a one-day convention would be better than a two-day convention. As a tattoo artist, right, could you go to a tattoo convention for a weekend as a non, you know, not tattooing, just walking around all weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for the weekend. But like, I mean, I, I've lost count of the amount of conventions I've worked. I don't think it's fair for us to assess that because, like, you have a conversation with people that really loved them and they, they hook up with friends and they hang out and they, they talk about tattoos and they, they walk around. A lot of the time at tattoo conventions is walking around and then going <laughs> and then going hanging out in a bar. Um, for us, I think because you sat, you know, in a cubicle and you only ever hear what's going on, you know, you know so for years, like um, I would hear a, a Ramstein song and go, oh, that'll be the fire performance happening then because it seemed like every fire performance... Yeah, was set to all Ramstein, that fucking you know. guy in Liverpool fucking, oh, I'm going to fucking cut an apple out of my mouth with a chainsaw. And like you hear him do that like three or four times a day for an entire weekend for fucking years. See, yeah, and just I, like, I'm, I don't I'm, think it's fair for us to, you know, we tend to assess the convention on the size of our booth, the convenience of the plug socket and the, you know, the convenience of the smoking area and the toilet. So, and now... 
No, I, fair, no, I understand like, that. Like, but what, when, what I'm getting at is, since since I've like when I've gone to the last two conventions, I've gone one day as a punter, one day as a, a yeah, you know, tattooing. Yeah. So like you know, I'm I'm walking around filming. I'm just thinking like, do you know what? As nice as the convention is, like one, it's like one and done. Like you do one lap, and there's not really much there to keep you there as a as a as a client, like as a as a a, a client of the convention. Unless you're going to go to get tattooed by somebody. No, I, I don't think that's true. Really I don't lot. think that's true. I think the good conventions you can walk around them for two days and and and. You know, yeah. we see a lot of but stuff, see a lot of features. Generalising. I think, well, I think a lot of the conventions have done what I think Birmingham has done is in, in its first year is it's focused on getting what it feels is a strong artist list. I, I don't necessarily agree that that's the strongest artist list you could put together uh, based on, you know, but because not everybody had a big Instagram following. It wasn't all like that, you know. Um, but they've obviously focused on getting the artist there and then, which is great because that's generally what pulls people in. Um, but then I do think, like, after that, you need to have good quality entertainment so that when you've walked, as you're walking around, if you hear that there's somebody like the Fuel Girls doing a performance, then you go, oh, well, let's go and watch them. We'll get a drink from the bar and carry on walking around, right? And so the other entertainment needs to be strong. And the good conventions are, are good because, you know, that's what goes on, you know. I mean, you know, you get a rock band playing somewhere. I mean, one of my favourite conventions for that sort of stuff um, was uh, Brussels because you'd have, like, a motorbike stunt display, uh, metal bands playing, um, people like the Fuel Girls on, and all the tattooing and all the other madness. And every year there was, like, some kind of crazy theme. So you turn up one year and it, the whole fucking bar's done up like tiki, you know, like a tiki bar. And See, then, you know, that is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, it's really cool. good fun. But if you look at like, if you look at like the generally tattoo conventions in the UK, they just do the same, it's the same format. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's the same performers yeah, yeah. doing the same thing. And like, you don't have like multiple acts throughout the day. You just have like the no. same couple of acts doing the same performance multiple times a day. Whereas like, what would be cool is if you had like a few bands, but then that requires the organisers to put more effort in to lose a bit more money yeah. on the bottom end because they've got to put more money into it to pay for I mean, I think with the, with the Birmingham so show, I think, um, I think it, like, it was a good first convention. They didn't smash it out of the park by any stretch of the imagination, but th th there's definite room for improvements. But I would, yeah. I would like it to see... It didn't have Paul here, that's what it was. I wouldn't... You know, I mean, fuck off, mate. It's, it's 10 minutes from my house. Why on earth would I go and work there when my studio's downstairs? I mean, I can just go and work there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go all the way to the NEC. I'm sorry, Paul, but you just don't have enough Instagram followers yeah, to make it on our list. I probably Maybe don't, to be fair. I don't know how many Instagram followers and, uh, I've got. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how many I've got. I've no idea. <laughs> I haven't even got the app on my phone. I've, I've, I've just, I've got no idea what it is. Paul, right, I tell you, he's a corporate spy. He's like, my team deals with my my social media. Like, that the is not deal, real fucking air. That's a that fucking stuff. skull no, cap, right, with a wig. You haven't even got a fucking <clears throat> receding airline. He's got a full fucking end of it, yeah. I told them this weeks ago. I'm an actor. I was, I've was. i just been paid by a yeah. Hollywood TV producer to to pass myself That's off not even a, his real face. The, for the, it's all the fucking green screened. No, it's not even my real face. It's a deep fake. It's all deep fake. <laughs> I've got a green hood on. His real name's Pauline. <laughs> no, I think that for the Birmingham convention, you know, first, you know, first year, 
Uh, it was a good start. I think they need to improve the entertainment. Apparently, the eating area was really good, and obviously the NEC is like Excel, so it's a really it's a really good venue. Um, maybe take a look at the artist list and see if um, that that could be changed. Or um, I mean, there was no bad artist there. Beth and Gage came back. The going, awards every artist. Good. I mean, that was the one thing they said. The awards probably the best awards they've ever seen. So I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, they looked good. Yeah, that was cute. Um, so a good start, solid start. Didn't smash it out of the park by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but this is Birmingham. We don't expect us to, you know, because we're, uh, we're a bit like that, Brummies. So, um, you know, keep going, guys. Uh, feedback is generally good. Yeah. Maybe get a few punters through the door, a few more punters through the door on Saturday. Um, and maybe a slightly more diverse range of artists, possibly. You know, possibly, you know. Ones that can actually, you know, attract punters to the door. Like. Well, you don't, I mean, you don't know when you're doing that, but, you know, I, I just think a little bit of, um, a little bit of work in that area, you know. I think It's hard though, isn't it? Well, I think maybe like because, society, because it's, UK it's be tattoo, Top Tattoo Artist, so if you don't know this, the UK Top Tattoo Artist started as an Instagram share page uh, where they would share art by their favourite artists. And one of the long-running complaints about UK Top Tattoo Artists was that there was a definite taste that only shared certain artists' work and other artists' work didn't. And... Um, Possibly this is reflected in the show that it's um, it's maybe skewed towards just one set of styles and that maybe other styles should be a little bit more um, uh, represented, possibly. I don't know, but good start. And I'm glad about that because Birmingham does deserve to have a convention and UK Top Tattoo Artists, um, and certainly um, if it's the same people that run it when I know them, they were nice enough people. They got themselves into a hot water a couple of times with the tattoo industry, but we won't, we'll skip over that, you know, nice enough. I did something this week that was the culmination of uh, about the last 15 years of my life working in tattooing and certainly the last three years. And that was, I released a new set of prints on my website. While we're talking, I'll, I'll probably put the prints over here somewhere so you can take a look at them. Um, now you might not think that's a big deal, but certainly for the last 15 years, and particularly since we were in the lockdowns for the pandemic, I've been working on, um, and, and I've been doing this since the beginning of my career, I've been working on closing the gap between my graphic art and my tattoo art, because I, I wanted there to be no difference between the two. So, that the, so the three prints that I've just released... Um, which I've sold a fucking shitload of. If you want to buy one, you can. You'd be supporting the show because if you support me by extension, you're supporting the show um, because I... This episode know, is a sales episode. It's a sales episode, yeah. Um, <laughs> buy my but you, But what what those those prints are is the culmination of a journey that has started, started 15 years ago, but like the last hard bit of it has been the last three years. So... And that's yeah. that's been is that how they're translating them to tattoos, well, is it? Or you know, there's a thing called the eighty twenty rule, right? So when you start tattooing or making art, you you know, in the first week of your tattooing, it's easy to get a hundred percent better each day, because on day one you don't know anything about tattooing, and if you know one thing about tattooing, you know a hundred percent more things about tattooing than you did yesterday. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So as you're as you're beginning your journey, your learning curve is like this. You're learning and learning and learning. But then as you get better and better at tattooing, it starts plateauing out until... Yeah. So when you get into the the really, really small 
fine details, and I don't mean actual small details, I mean the, the real nuances of what you're doing in order to get there, um, to get a tiny, like 1% better in your tattoo, it can take a thousand percent effort. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, in the last 15 years, I'd kind of got very, very, very close to where I was. Um, but then I sat down in the pandemic while we were starting this show and was like, and I think we probably talked about it at the time, and I, I, I really wanted to bring those two things together. But yeah, I know, and the reason I haven't done it up to this point is it's the hardest fucking bit, right? Because I've got 80% of the way there. I've probably got 90% of the way there. And the last yeah. few bits, sometimes you have to almost invent techniques or deliberately, in, in my case, in a couple of things, do techniques deliberately wrong to achieve an effect that you're looking for. Yeah. So you know, uh, deliberately not trying to make lines straight. You know, we've talked about tattooing with intent. Yeah, it's with intent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, somebody would look at that and go, well, that line's all over the place. I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to look like a really rough gestural pencil line. So you, so these, you know, these last few things. And then, so I kind of did that and it was a bit of a, oh, moment. You know what I mean? It was like, man, yeah, I got yeah. it over the road. So, so. There'll be more prints coming and some shirts and some other stuff. But I like the print. Can I just say as well, I, I actually do like the prints. They, they, I like, I like well, they, they were nice. 50 quid if you want one. Just go on the website and buy it. Oh, I'll just fucking screenshot a fucking Instagram <laughs> picture and blow it up. Just screen, screen <laughs> grab it off the website. Yeah, stick screen, it through one of them fucking... It, yeah. <laughs> stick it through AI. Stick it through AI. Yeah, stick it through AI and upscale <laughs> it. Um, but that got me thinking, because quite a lot of people have asked me about this. You know, we've had these conversations on the show a couple of times, and they've, they've been really well received. Um, and that was, you know, about getting into tattooing and my kind of path through the creative yeah. world and all that sort of stuff. Well, uh, while I think about it, um, I'm working on a couple of those things currently that will be on the channel later in the year, which I, we will start filming pretty imminently uh the reason i'm sitting in a different direction is i'm about to finish mixing my friend's album so once i've finished doing the last two songs on the album we get into the the filming and i'll have yeah. more room for it um, and that will be along those lines of picking up from the end of the tea making story and kind of talking about how i got into tattooing and, and all that sort of stuff uh, and the left-handed series is in process at the moment. We're we're currently in the editing stages of that and some voiceover work. It's just awkward but to hold the camera when you're left-handed, isn't it? It's just hard. It's, it's all, everything's hard work. Just life is so hard. Um, but the uh, but while we've been doing that stuff, quite a lot of people have have kind of asked me this question of like, how do you how did you develop your tattoo style, right? And and the having your own style would appear to be quite a big question for a lot of you guys out there. You know, this, how do you get your own style? And um, so I can't tell you about my tattoo style because my tattoo style is a direct copy of my graphic style. It's, you know, it's my, it's because I came into tattooing with a, a I'd already developed my style in the world yeah. of graphic, graphic art not really graphic design because that's a different thing. This is graphic art. So the job for me has been making, like learning all the skills I needed in tattooing to bring the, 
you know, to bring the tattooing to the graphic art. Now, in all fairness, I actually think because the graphic art's been developing at the same time, instead of staying straight and moving and tattooing, getting closer and closer, I actually think what's happened is that, that tattooing has influenced my graphic art a little bit and they've kind of come together. What I, what, what I find is interesting as well is like you've got your graphic design style, but you've also got your tattoo style. And everyone, every tattooist will have a style. You know, you, you can look at, like, like say, for example, you could, you, could, you could give me and you, right, a Paul Talbot tattoo to do, like design. You could also give us a completely different design, like a traditional design to do. And I guarantee you, you could look at them both. So we could, like, copy them as, as close as we can, but I guarantee you, if you then put them up and didn't say who them what, people who are familiar with our styles of tattoo, no, just familiar with our tattooing, would be able to tell that that is done by you and that is done by me. Because I've I've often heard people like say, "Oh yeah, I was like in in you know some random place and I bumped into somebody and I seen one of your tattoos on them and I could tell." but it was your tattoo because of the way that yeah, it was I, done. Where I think the question comes from is a lot of people getting into it as they're learning, you know, the fundamentals of tattooing. And so, you know, doing traditional pieces and black and grey pieces and then maybe yeah. some stipple shading or some realism and, you know, trying all this stuff out. A lot of people seem to, to uh, struggle with this idea of like, what, well, what will my style be? What will it be? Um, so the first thing I wanted to say was, so I'm going to come at this from the graphic design years for me because that was when I developed this. So the the first thing that I would say to you is that in the first three years of, of starting tattooing, and I mean from your all through your apprenticeship and certainly into the, the first couple of years of your tattooing, you don't necessarily need any style at all because what you really need to be doing is uh, working on the fundamentals of becoming a good, solid tattooist because you can't really develop a style if you haven't nailed all of the lining, shading, stippling, packing yeah. colour. You need to have all of that in place first. Uh, for me personally, I I did that with uh, traditional tattooing, so um, American traditional tattooing particularly, Japanese-style tattooing, which I really enjoyed tattooing, and tribal uh, because that was the order of the day, um, and that was a really good learning ground for me. Because I, and I, I found it. But when I was developing a style for my graphic art, um, where I where I started from was I started learning graphic art in the same way that you would, you know. So I, I learned the software and the hardware and all that sort of stuff, and learned how to, you know, all of the rules of graphic design and all that sort of stuff, and then set about. Um, getting good at that stuff. And uh, what what normally happens, I think, for all of us is that you will see something that really inspires you, that, that you go, oh, my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, for me, personally, it was the work of um, somebody like David Carson who did Raygun magazine, um, the Designers Republic, um, uh, Vaughan Oliver who did all the 4AD album covers, um, and um, Neville Brody, who did the, he was the art director for The Face. You know, so all of these are names you're not going to know because none of them are tattooists. And all of my influences for my tattoos actually come from outside of the world of tattooing. 
Um, and realistically, that's why a lot of people think what I do is very unique. It's actually, in truth, it's not that unique. It's just unique in the world of tattooing. It's, yeah. If you work, look in the world of graphic art, if you pick up something like 46 Pages, which is a graphic arts mag that comes out every couple of months, um, you'll see lots of stuff that looks really similar to what I do. It's not, you know, it's, it's unique in tattooing. It's just not... Uh, the only thing, if I did anything clever there, was jump mediums. You know, um, the only thing that I guess that I do that's clever is that the stuff that most of these guys do with computers, I can do with a computer, but I can also draw it by hand with a vibrating needle-based pen system or tattoo machine. So for me, it was finding this moment of inspiration and going, fucking, oh, my God, this is, like, this is awesome. And at that point, that's where most people, I think, fall down because all I did right from that point then, was sit on my own at home with my computer with a bootleg copy of Photoshop. As everyone possibly. has done and, in their um, life. As, ev as everybody did at the beginning, right? Um, I actually think they build that into the pricing these days. Yeah. Um, and I, I literally copied all of these yeah. artists. I just, not for any commercial purpose, just to learn, I isn't literally it? sat there with a document open and copied it to learn. Just copy, copy, until I understood the steps that would get me there. Not necessarily the steps that, that those artists had taken, but the steps that I would take to get to that. And then after a little while of copying all of my favourite graphic artists and graphic designers, you start making choices about, oh, well, I actually like that text more than the way that's done. I prefer to do it like that. And you start making, oh, well, I, I actually like that colour scheme or I like to do this with this. And you you start playing a game within your influences. So uh, if I could give you a good tip, because I know that copying is often looked down upon, right? Well, there's two things to remember. One, the world of tattooing is based on yeah. copying. Right, that the whole culture of tattooing is copying. We used to buy art from other artists called Flash, and we used to tattoo it, it and that's we, we would copy it. Right, you'd have a colour reference and a line drawing, and also there's a great book that you can read. It'll, I'll get Jay to put it up on screen for you. It's called Steal Like an Artist by um, Austin Cleone, I think his name is, uh, and it will change the way you look at the idea of copying. It's not not copy it and sell it on your Etsy shop. It's like copy it to learn. Yeah. Keep copying it until it's almost like your mother tongue because you've done it so many times that now what you've done is you've developed this, this way of thinking. Like I, I now, if you were to say to me, can you do something not in that style? I'm like, I'm, I'm actually not sure I can do that because it, like no matter what I do, like you were saying earlier, my whole approach to everything now, eventually it will just look like Paul yeah. did it because I'm going to make a bunch of choices based on the last 20 years or more of my life now of, of making artwork that look like that. You know, it's, it's like part collage, part typography, you know, part abstract. You know, all of those things are things that yeah. I like, you know, and they're things that I put together that aren't necessarily meant to go together. So... If you're sitting there going, I just don't know what my style's going to be, my first thing would be don't freak out about it and worry about that. Your style, I think, like, your style in tattooing is like that the uh, wizard's wand in Harry Potter. The wind, the, the wind, the wind, the wand chooses chooses the wizard. And so your style will find you. You'll, you'll be completely turned on by something and just blown away with it, and then that'll be where you go. Um, my advice would be... Uh, 
in order, if you want to be more unique, would be to look for inspiration outside of the world of tattooing. Uh, you know, look at, you know, Renaissance art or Art Nouveau or, you know, all these kind of, uh, look at other forms of art and and that will make, you know, if you find something that's incredibly inspirational to you, then, you know, that will make your tattoo uh, art more unique because if you're if you're borrowing from another medium, Matt Jordan, he's a fabulous black and grey artist from New Zealand who... Um, Who's like from would be an amazing Renaissance painter? He does these oh, huge back pieces that fuck just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, don't you? Just amazing. Um, and, and they look like black and grey Renaissance fucking paintings. Amazing. And he takes his own photos and they're fucking stunning. And he's a lovely guy, you know. He's obviously been really inspired by you know Caravaggio, uh, you know, and, and you know the Renaissance painters, you know, all the, the kind of Medici family stuff and all that. And has taken that, and has then he's then now taken his own photos of these, you know, Renaissance style scenes, and then turned them into tattoos. Incredible! So look outside the world of art, but you don't need to worry about it while you're learning to tattoo. Once you can knock out, you know, a good black and grey realism piece, uh, a good solid traditional piece, maybe a you know a Japanese piece. You know, once you've got the fundamentals in place, then you can start worrying about what your style is going to be. Because along that road. Um, you will be exposed to other artists and, you know, your, your, what you see as the world of art will open up. And once it opens up, you're almost certainly going to find something that you maybe don't know at the moment. I think my story is quite unique in that I came to tattooing with a style already there and I knew exactly what I wanted my tattoos to look like. I don't think that's true for most people. And I think this is something that we find as we go along. And... I would, my thing would be about it is don't force it because anything, you know, you want to be talking with your own voice. Um, and so you have to decide what that, that voice is going to be. And that voice needs to develop. You can't, you know, just going, oh, that's popular in tattooing. I'll do that. That's a bit like putting on a fake accent to me. You know, like what you want to be is authentic, your authentic self, you know. Um, and so, Color or no color, lines or no lines, you know all that sort of stuff. You'll 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 find your way through that as you go, and your style. It's my belief that your style comes to you. You know there'll be a a moment of inspiration. Um, that I mean, certainly that was my experience of it. And a lot of artists I know, they just you see something and go, oh my god, I didn't even know that existed. That's the greatest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Like for instance, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was showing uh, my daughter Beth uh, some. Uh, Mooka stuff, which is he's a, a graphic designer from the Art Nouveau period, did the Metropolitan, uh, the Metro signs in Paris and stuff, because and that's why we got talking about it because she went to Paris a couple of weeks ago on holiday, and and it just blew her mind. She was like, "Oh my god, look at the different line weights. That's really interesting. I love the way the hair's done, and you know, and and so that would be my advice that I would give to you. Is I wouldn't force it, I wouldn't fake it. I would wait for inspiration to come, and if it never comes. This is the other thing that's important to remember, I think, is that if you never develop your own style and you're just a really good tattooist, there's nothing fucking wrong with that at all. With just being a, a really good, solid tattooist who can turn their hands to anything, there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? Just because I've got my own style of tattooing, it doesn't make me any better or worse than anybody else. I think... You know, there's because I think as an industry at the moment, like the sponsorship deals and 
you know, the, like the share pages. They want to share stuff by, you know, sort of people like me, I guess. But um, they, and if you're an all-style tattooist, it's almost like people feel like they get looked down on if they do lots of stuff like that. But in reality, that's the bulk of what clients want. They come in, they want a name on their wrist or they want a star on their elbow or something. There's, can I, can I you know, there's nothing there, wrong though. and there's yeah, no yeah, shame. Yeah, in, no, yeah, it, we, you can, you yeah. know, one thing I've noticed is like in our shop, we obviously like to specialise in certain things, but we also do multiple different styles. I'm probably going to do a different tattoo every day of the week. I've done like a black and grey piece today. Uh, I'm going to do a working on a colour chest piece tomorrow and, and so on. So loads of different styles of tattooing. And... The good thing about that is you are proficient in so many different ways of tattooing, but then you've got the artists that yeah. are like, you know, specifically do one style. There are certain artists out there that like, say, for example, specialise in that one style and they get a massive following and so on. And then like, yeah. you know what I'm on about here, right? where you'll see them and they'll fucking randomly decide to like dip their toe into trying a different style of tattooing that involves line work. And you're like, oh, maybe, right, either you should have just fucking been doing shit like that all along or just stick to doing your wishy-washy tattooing because you can't fucking line for shit. Yeah. And that is why you well, shouldn't I mean, feel... That's look, an important but what I'm saying point, is like, That's actually. why if you are a, a tattooist that does multiple styles, never be ashamed of it because you may not be this fucking world-famous fucking tattooist that does, like, the best portraits in the world, but you're probably going to be a better general tattooer than well, they Well, I are. think the doing of, of different styles every single day, that'll keep your chops yeah. together. That's like practising every single day. Like, if I sit and play all different styles of guitar playing every day, like, one thing you can guarantee is that my 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 chops are tight again. You know, like I'm back to gig fit and all that sort of stuff. And so I would say that, you know, like... I mean, I don't do a lot of, you know, traditional, solid, one-pass lining. So if I'd got to do that, then I'd, you know, I would probably be sitting down and dragging a, like either my left leg out, which is my traditional practice canvas, or a bit of this newfangled practice skin. And like just, you know, getting, getting fluent with it again, rather than just diving in cold, you know, because that's not always the best yeah. thing. So that's... That's kind of my take on it, developing a style. Don't worry about it too much. If you never develop a style, don't be embarrassed about being just a tattooist because we're all ultimately just tattooists. It doesn't make just any difference. However, just doodlers. Yeah, we're, we're just doing it, you know. So it doesn't really matter. I, I think the impression is that those of us with our own style look down on people that don't have it. And, of course, that's not true. I'm sure there are people that do that. I'm certainly not one of them. I'm, you know, I think we're all tattooists and we all do what we do. He's so fucking it snob, kind of is what it is, he right? He looks down on me all the time. Well, I mean, that's just snobby, right? If you're looking down another tattooist, it's just snobby. He's like, I'm, I'm a graphic artist, not a tattoo artist. And I am... Uh... You know. Well, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a different a different thing. I think anybody watching this will be able to tell that you and me come from two... It, it, it's a good point in that, is that I've always come at tattooing from the art yeah. side of things. Like, I see tattooing as an art form. It should be sold as an art form. It should be done as an art form a lot of tattooists see it as a skill, as a trade, yeah. and it should be done that way. I'm massively against the idea of not charging for artwork because you're making the artwork free and making it all about the trade and not about the art. It should be all about the art as far as I'm concerned. Me and Chris generally disagree about this. We've got a kind of middle ground, but generally... But no, like, I, I, I get the idea of, like, like, I'm trying to find a middle ground with that, and, like, mine is, like, uh, the artwork is included in the price, but, you know... I think because I've had a lot of people taking the piss lately, I'm just like, cool, man. You give me the idea. 
I'll draw up the design, yeah. but like unless you want to pay me for it, you know, any changes yeah. that are going to be made will be made on the day of your appointment, and you will pay for it then. Because at some point you are going to pay for my drawing, like you know, I I stopped about um about no at the beginning of this year actually as part of a lot of stuff that I'm just about to start um hitting now that we've we've got to three years after the pandemic. You know, it's take because I've got such a long waiting list, and when you when you shut your shop for a year. And you've got double your waiting list. It's taken me until now to get to the point so that the stuff that I put in place during yeah. the lockdowns and went right, this is what I'm going to start doing. I'm, I'm actually only just getting to it now. You know, it's it, you know, it's incredibly frustrating. You think it's frustrating waiting for your tattoo appointment? It's really frustrating for me as well, knowing that I've got this artwork sitting ready to go and I'm not going to be able to show it anybody for two years. You know, it's 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 been fucking frustrating, but I'm kind of excited about it now. Uh, but at the beginning of this year, I stopped taking commissions, yeah. certainly for this year and for the foreseeable future. Again, because I come at it from an art point of view, I'm like, you go onto my website, look at a load of pieces that I have for sale, buy the one that you want, get tattooed, simple as that. Um, now, a lot of people would go, well, the client's not involved. And I'm like, yeah, uh, if if the client knew what they wanted, they wouldn't be called the client. If the audience knew what they wanted to hear, they wouldn't be called the audience, they'd be called the band. Simple as that, you know. And it's not me that said that, that was Alan Moore, you know, and Alan Moore knows the score. That's my opinion based on, I come from the ideology of tattooing is an art form and it should be it should be approached as such. I'm not down so on people if who tattooing... it as a craft. They've just got a different idea to me. And and you, everybody's allowed to have a different idea, right? You know, this is just my particular idea. So then you know? that, that that means if tattooing is an art form, then, then their tattoo collectors is uh, the correct terminology. And so with that, I think we've uh, we've probably not answered that question. We've probably just rambled along for about 40 minutes uh, and you're... Your coffee's cold. But that's cold. the way it is. Uh, the chicken this is the needs way. to get put in the oven now. If unless you're vegan, in which case the, the, the vegan, vegan equivalent needs to get put in the oven. The dust. And it's time for you to start thinking about walking the dog and going to the pub for a, uh, a cheeky afternoon pint or a glass of water if uh, you don't drink alcohol. Or crack if you like drugs. <laughs> or, or, or crack. And so with that, this has been that tattoo show. I hope that's been food for thought and maybe answered a couple of your questions. I doubt very much that it has. Um, it's probably just made you more confused than ever. If you have got questions, please ask them in the comments down below. While you're there, don't forget to like, subscribe and comment. We may answer them. Uh, I may answer <laughs> we them. We may answer or, um, them, we may not. Yeah, well, you know, we may answer them. We'll do our best to answer them. We do get a lot of comments and we do try you're and get, get through them as best Paul we can. Or Paul, like. Depends on what time of night I read the comments, you know. Um, the best best way to not meet angry Paul is please check your grammar before you uh, post a comment you know yeah <laughs> and so with that this has been that tattoo show I've been Paul and I've been Chris tell the lawyer tell the judge tell the priest we'll be out here every Sunday morning talking tattoo fucking nonsense at you see you next week take care guys and fuck off <laughs> um. <laughs>